And we are live here on the Blue Bloods, man, FCS Football Central as well. Myself, and I, I already posted on social media, he's a top two wide receiving coach in the SWAC, and he's not number two. My guy, Coach Coach Fred, man, because we got so much to talk about. Semifinals, Celebration Bowl, coaching announcements, and we got it all today. I'm pumped up. I'm fired up. Coach, how you feeling? Man, I'm like you. Uh, a lot going on, man. A lot of people had a lot of things to say. Uh, really, you know, pumped up, man. I don't know what ADHD feels like, but if it was anything like I'm feeling, yeah, I have it. I couldn't stay focused on one thing a day. Uh, you know how you get those reports on your phone about your usage. It's been up been down. Today alone, it's going to be, you know, 80% higher than what it's been, but you know, it's that time of year, man. It's that time of year. Man, I just, uh, God, it's been, it's just been a wild few days. Like I'm telling you, if, if, if I was in a study where they had to look at the uses time on your phone or devices, my God, they put me in a mental asylum. Cause I mean, it's like 12 hours a day with, with announcements on Twitter, with texting recruits, coaches, editing. I mean, man, like technology wise, like there's just no time to unplug at all. Bro, like today, uh, and I won't use the kid's name, we had him on a visit and uh, sent out the, the paperwork. You know, he's all in. And then he calls and he says, well, University XYZ wants to know uh, if I can come visit after, you know, signing day in January. Uh, they think I should do that. If I do it, well, I still have my scholarship. I was like, you know what, man? Ain't nothing but the dice game, baby. If that's what you want to do, you roll the dice. You know, if they if they got it for you, they got it for you. If they don't, I mean, I can't play second fiddle. And there's no 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 disrespect to the kid, but that's what's going on in the recruiting world now, Blue. School saying, hey man, we can't trip you until January 5th. But you should wait because technically you don't have to sign into the 15th. Come visit us and then go from there. Like, dude, where were they before? You know, yeah. that kind of thing. So it's crazy, man. Crazy, crazy, crazy. But then, but then want to pull the, uh, like, what? what is it, the, the victim car when their scholarship spot gets taken? Now I'm the bad guy. You know, I'm I, the You, you got to make adult decisions out here. And, guys, I see the chat. <clears throat> it's blowing up. We're not breaking any news on this episode, and Coach is not recording from Dallas, but we're not breaking any news on this episode. Listen, I've said this a few times, um, and this is why you guys aren't going to see me breaking any all-core news is because, obviously, if I break it, I can't I can't keep my source anonymous because everyone knows who I do the show with. So, listen, my guy G, my guy Kyle Mosley, all the, all the local guys, listen, and that's them. Do I know what's going on? Yes. But just out of respect for my guy, Coach Fred, his livelihood, his job, I'm not the one breaking any Alcorn State news just out of respect for him. Other spots, I'll break it, just not for him, uh, just because I can't keep him anonymous. But, Coach, before we get to the Celebration Bowl, because I'm so excited, I got so much to say about that. Let's get to the semifinals real quick. Coach, this might take 45-ish seconds to talk about this first game. South Dakota State 59, you Albany zero. I don't even like 
I don't they, they I don't even know if they crossed the 50 till the second half, coach. I mean, this was coach, I want to say this. The Jackrabbits recorded the biggest shutout win in FCS playoff history this past Friday. Your takeaways, because we were much I know you didn't get to pick because you missed last week for some other stuff. I know you were high on Albany, but 59 to nothing was crazy. Your thoughts? Um, that bandwagon that you were riding, that you were trying to get me on, it didn't come to a screeching halt. It came to an abrupt, like, like ugh. And when I saw that score, me and you were kind of texting back and forth. Um, I was thinking, you know, turnover central, which it was. They had four. Uh, but I just didn't think it was almost 600 yards of total offense uh, domination. You know what I mean? You couldn't have told me that defense would give up that amount of yards to anybody. Uh, I, I just, I, it, it just didn't make any sense to me. I, I mean, the, you're an offensive guy. Ten and a half yards per play. I mean, you <laughs> – it, at that point, it's it's close your eyes and pick to one because uh, it's all working at that point. And when you are in that kind of comfort zone and it's happening early, I mean, it's a uh, it's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. You know, I you, you were dealing with some, stu- with some stuff last week, man. Hopefully, all all is good on that end uh, with, with with your family and everything. But I don't know if you had a chance to listen. I told Timothy stepped in, man, did a heck of a job in your place, man. We. we, we um, but we talked about there was a diff like Poffenbarger had the ability with his game cha- with his with his gunslinger mentality to make enough plays to possibly pull the upset. But the flip side of that was that gunslinger mentality could turn around and cost you the game. Three interceptions is not going to do it. And then you allow a punt return for a touchdown and all game. It was like they were trying to force stuff. And it just it just wasn't working. I thought South Dakota State's defense did a heck of a job, but the MVP, I know I, I know Gronowski had a big game. I know Tucker Large, uh, the Yankee Twins, all that. South Dakota State's offensive line coach allowed one negative play, zero sacks. Road grading, they were up there road grading. Um, to go back and kind of watch that game this morning, and you know you see where. Uh, Isaiah Davis is he averaged seven yards a carry. Um, and it was it should have been it, it, it could have been worse than that, or it could have been more than that. Uh, but when you end your night early uh as starters, you know, that's that's a good sign that you know you guys are really clicking. And we had said they had been clicking the game before. Uh maybe they had almost got caught sleepwalking. Uh this game they got it together. They 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 got it together. So that game may have ruined it. The, the game prior to this one may have ruined it for anybody's chances of sneaking up on them because they awake now. Uh, they, they, they are awake, awake right now. And uh, this, was, uh, this is one for the books, man, when you're talking about Final Four. And yes. this is what you do. <laughs> this is what you do to I, a team. I do want to tell people to kind of pump the brakes on the Albany slander a little bit because a lot of people were like, oh, they shouldn't have been there. It should have been oh, Idaho. Been. Man, Idaho would have got beat just just like Albany did this past weekend. Because if you thought, I'll say this: 59-14. Yeah, yeah, like they might have scored. I'll give you that because McCoy and and those guys and Hayden Hatton's that dude. The 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 question mark for me, even if Idaho went, that the line of scrimmage would have been disgustingly unfair. 
I mean, oh, ain't no doubt about it. Sorry, I don't know. If, they would have averaged 15 yards per play. Isaiah Davis might have ran for 200, because that's his 12th postseason game with 100 or more rushing yards, and I think 15 total, which is insane. But it, it was just a pure domination. I like what you said. I, it was kind of similar to last year. If you remember, Holy Cross kind of gave South Dakota State a scare in the quarters. They come back against Montana State and beat them to death. This this is what happened. It was it was the best thing that could happen for South Dakota State, the worst thing that could happen for you, Albany, because there was no chance of them sleepwalking into this game. Oh, ain't no doubt. And then it's like they were uh they were clicking on all cylinders early. It wasn't a warm up period, it was straight to business. And when you get into your your depth, your second team, your third team, uh, your extra guys, and it's still happening for you, uh, that's when you know uh, they're in a good space. That's when you know. Someone in the chat, uh, shout out to my guy, Hitman. He's a FAMU guy. He said, Coach, is that a St. Thomas hat? Um, and then he said, if so, get out of our backyard. He was like, those kids are going to fail. <laughs> Hey, they won oh, the fifth state championship. I'm not on a St. Thomas alone, but you know, hey, I'm a Florida boy. Mr. Cable says it's an all-court hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. But coach, the other game before we get into the celebration bowl, this is the game. I mean, man, we could talk I, all day I, about. I got a lot to say yeah. about this game right here. Now, number two, Montana 31, North Dakota State 29, a double overtime win. I'll start. I'll, I'm going to throw it to you early, Coach. I just want to say one thing before I toss it to you for all your thoughts. I know you got some opinions. Why are we still kicking the Junior Bergen? Why? Why are you kicking it to number five in that moment? In that crucial moment, you kick it to number five, and he shows you exactly why he's arguably the best return player in the country. Oh, I don't get it. Um, maybe they were on the, the Tony Dungy thing. I don't know if you ever heard him talk about when they played Chicago in the Super Bowl. And he was like, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna send a message. We're gonna kick it to Devin Hester, and we're gonna pin him down, and we're gonna send shockwaves and let him know we're here to play. And a hundred yards later, he said, everybody's looking at him, and he's like, we won't do that anymore. <laughs> and I hope that is the message going forward. Do not do that anymore. Uh, you know, we talk about it all the time. I'm in the business. I hate armchair quarterbacking, but you know, I want to fast forward. Uh, a couple moments in this game because North Dakota State, uh, NDSU, they they proved me wrong. I thought they were living off the brand name. They weren't the same team. Uh, they proved me wrong. Hats off to them for that. All year, uh, they clawed back after getting hammered early in the season, and they actually came out and looked like who they used to be uh, to me, so to speak. And no case in point was it clear that, okay, these guys are serious up front is in overtime, the second overtime, I'm going to take you, I'm fast forwarding all the way through it. The second overtime, they score, well, let's go to the first overtime. Your guy comes in and quarterback power, untouched, touchdown. And then they come back the second overtime and they score that one power and you look up in Montana's, the whole Grizzly D-line linebackers are in the back of the end zone and they're attached to guys 
with the with the gold helmets on. You know what I mean? They're attached to those guys. And then you come back and you got to have a two-point play. The armchair quarterback in me is like, what are we doing? A funky formation, and then we go with the same exact play, basically, that Montana had ran, as if to say, you know, you guys ran it, we can run it better. And you had just power drove. I mean, you had road graded these guys basically all night in the run game. Not saying you want to, you know, put that number two quarterback in and let's see who wants to tackle him. This is late in the ball game. We're not doing that, especially when we're not a passing team. There's no need to do that. And I think they just got either impatient or they just really want to be really cute. And that's why they don't get the, you know, the opportunity to go to, uh, to Texas to play for the Natty, man. And again, I, I just hate that it came down to that because that was a good game. That was an excellent game. Excellent game. Is it fair to say, because this, this was my take on it, both teams called terrible plays for the two-point. <laughs> One just got bailed out by a miraculous play. Lucky. Because if Montana doesn't score on that play, we're having these same conversations about why, what are we doing? Yep. Why, and, and it's just both – like Montana, you have a quarterback that is just as athletic as a wide receiver. Why do you got to be that cute? He can make a play with his legs. And he could throw it. It just got happened that he got tipped. And listen, that, that kid made a heck of a catch on that uh, play. Spider-Man like. Hey, right place, right time. And I understand Cole Payton didn't play his best game. Why are you – you have two quarterbacks that probably would start at a majority of other schools in the FCS, and you take it out of both of their hands? And then the crazy part is now I don't know if, uh, if Nelson used to play quarterback or whatever – why was the ball in like your fifth best wide receiver's hands? I don't care. You didn't even have it in your number one or number two. <laughs> you didn't give it to Eli Green or Zach Mathis. Well, Mathis was hurt, so you didn't give it to Eli Green. Why is why is Nelson throwing the ball? Again, I, I don't care if he did play quarterback. We ain't doing that. And again, armchair quarterback, take me out of the business. If I've got to get cute, I'm like you. I'm giving it to that bad man. I'm, I'm letting him create if we've got to get cute. Uh, they just got bailed out. Now, on the other side of the ball, I don't know if they have a guy like, like Junior to where they could have done that. But they don't need to do that. You know, they don't need to do that. At that point, man, you just get the same play you scored on, you're even closer. Why not the same play call? You know what I mean? And, and to me, you do that, you crush them, you kill that momentum, that spirit, because now you turn right back around and you got the ball again in that same defensive line, same linebackers that you just pushed to the back of the end zone two plays in a row. They've got to try to fix this now. And it, it's only getting colder. I just, you know, I just don't understand what the thought process was in that uh, someone yelled out that uh, the thought process was one of two things are happening. I'm going to California right now or I'm going to have to go to California in 10 minutes from now, but we, we going to California at some point. And, you know, that was one of those uh, head scratches, man. Head scratches. Yeah. I just didn't get it. I thought, especially with the way, like you said, North, North Dakota state was moving the ball toward the end of the game. Just run a play. Like, and, and it kills me because, um, you know, we talked last night, man, shout out to the FCS uh, nations guys for having me on their show. Um, or Fans Nation um, for their Mega Live, but we talked about this last night. 
Coach, at the end of the day, with the new overtime rules, you have to go for two eventually. Yep. You have all the momentum at the end of the fourth quarter. I, I I know it sounds like hindsight. I'm going for two at the end of the fourth. I'm on the road. I'm ending the game. Yep. <laughs> One way or another. We fought to get back here, and that thing they call momentum's on our side right now. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm trying to end the game right there. We're not even seeing overtime. I'm with you. And I, th- there were two things that stuck out to me. And I know one's going to piss everyone off, and I'm cool with it. I'll take the heat. Y'all, y'all know what my Twitter is. Y'all know where y'all can find me. The first was the red zone execution for North Dakota State. And shout out to Timothy for pointing this out coming into the playoffs. North Dakota State came in with the number one red zone offense in the country or, or one of the top ones, but they didn't get the football into touchdowns. They kicked field goals in crucial moments. They kicked three field goals, Coach, inside the Montana 20-yard line. You can't have that happen. Excellent execution by Montana. I don't want to just make this a one-sided compliment or or critique. Montana did what they had to. They said, you can move the ball between the 20s, but we're going to stop you from scoring. That was the difference. Now, Montana had their special team struggles, but you have to put the football in the end zone, in the semifinals, on the road to win this type of game. You can't kick three field goals inside the 20 and expect to win. And the other thing was – I know everyone wants to say Cam Miller's an All-American and an NFL prospect and all of this kind of stuff. Nine for 22, 157 is not getting it done, and he was electric on that final drive. That touchdown pass and the ones to get him down there to score was elite, and that's kind of like the duality of what Cam Miller is. All Cam Miller, I, I don't want to put it on one guy, but offensively, Cam Miller's the reason North Dakota State's sitting at home right now. He I mean- missed so many throws down the field there were so many plays there were so many plays where the receiver had him beat or the receiver was open and cam overthrew it or cam missed the mark and some of those passes to wide receiver could have helped him out a bit but as a quarterback in that moment if you're an all-world guy like the fan base likes it likes to claim you got to make those throws if you're the guy i'm expecting you to make those type of throws to be the guy and i don't think he did it nine for 22 is not Going, it's not it's not championship numbers. And we talked about it during the game. We were texting back and forth, uh, and it's it's funny that we bring that up. Nine for twenty-two, and four of those completions, four of the nine completions, was like the last two minutes of the ball game. Yeah, the last two. Put think about it. The last two minutes of the ball game is when he completed four of the nine passes that he completed for the ball game out of twenty-two. Which, again, we get an opportunity to end this game. My star is not playing well. We're going to end this game right now because he, he's heating up. So let's go and heat it up. And let's get this thing over with. Uh, I'm getting to California one way or another. But we're not seeing. Uh, we're not going to see overtime, especially when he started to heat up. And 9 for 22, just not what you need in that situation. But I get it. But 9 for 22 is not it. Not it. And I, I get people want to give him his credit or, you know, whatever. I, I get it. But the thing that gets me about it, I'm trying to pull up here to, like, make sure I get uh, – I want to see what his downfield uh, passing passing was like. But, Coach, he went two for seven on downfield passing. You, Not good. You, you can't have it. And Not a championship game. Not a championship game. 
No, not definitely not a championship game. I mean, and he just he failed to push the football down the field, man. He came away in this game, coach, with zero big time throws in terms of grading. And also, too, you have to give Montana some credit, coach. Under pressure, he he was two for ten when pressured in the pocket for thirty four yards, and was only seven for seventeen when Montana blitzed. I'd said before the game that that aggressive defense was going to give Cam problems, and I think it did. And I don't. And, and on the flip side, I don't think Clifton McDowell had a superb game. I didn't think this was like a signature game for McDowell. The thing that got me with McDowell is he made the play, like he made enough plays to win 16 of 31, 60, a touchdown. The one thing that concerns me about McDowell going into next week, and this is something that we'll talk about when we do the preview on the Natty, coach for two weeks now with Furman and with North Dakota State. He's made a killing throughout the regular season, 9 and 0 as a starter now, 10 and 0, whatever it is. When he's out of the pocket, he's looking downfield, he can make a play. I've seen too many times where he's hesitated the past two weeks. Trust yourself, and I think you get this, with, especially in college football. What gets you there, don't overthink it. Like, everyone wants to play a certain way to get to the moment, and then when they get to the moment, it they want to change their play style because they feel like they can't take those risks. No, if taking risk and being outside the pocket and being a playmaker got you to the moment – do it. Play like that in the moment because it's going to cost you, and it almost cost him for two straight weeks now. I, I think McDowell's played great. The one thing I will say, though, is if against South Dakota State, I want to see him put it all on the line because there's too many times where I think he's overthinking what he sees on the field when he can make some plays downfield, take some chances, and if they hit on those, I don't know if the Furman North Dakota State game is as close as it is. Well, and, and again, at this point, you cut it loose because, I mean, there's no next week. Uh, you know, you, you cut it loose with, with everything. You play as, as reckless as you need to play, uh, but keeping it all on the table. But, you know, play your style. And to go back to something you just said about the, uh, the defense, uh, the Grizz defense, they didn't have to worry about the pass. So they were able, and I don't know if you noticed, the later that game got, the closer those safeties came up. The closer those yep. safeties came up. They weren't worried about it anymore. Now it was just let's contain the run game and we'll be good. Uh, and you, you you have a NFL caliber guy uh, at quarterback. You've got to make those people pay. Got to make those people pay. I, 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 the last thing I want to say, Eli Green again, though, man, just pops off tape for me. Five for 98 in the touchdown, man. I mean, the kid's balling. Coach, I mean, throughout if, if this kid would have started the whole season, I mean, we're talking FCS All-American level, all-conference level. This kid can ball. And um, I don't know if he's going to – I don't I don't know <laughs> if he'll stay. They, they just announced their new head coach, and we might talk about that a little bit later. But I don't know if he stays. But, Coach, if this is a kid that they can retain – They got man, something built. They got now, something – I think someone in the chat said, "My guy, uh, I want to, I want to say, my guy Kaz said that uh, Cam Miller might come back, which I don't know what that means for Cole Payton, but I don't see how they keep them both again. But if, if that's the case, I'll be very, um, I'll be very curious to see what that looks like moving forward. But coach, real quick, man, before we move on the celebration bowl, initial thoughts on uh, Montana South Dakota State, man. Uh uh, ESPN instant classic. Uh, I think North Dakota State, they earned the right to be playing in the Natty. 
but they lost it. And all Montana did was just show up, played their brand of ball. Uh, hats off to that crowd, man. They stayed to the end. They were loud. They were in it. It was impressive. Uh, I would love to go see a game there in September, uh, maybe, you hey, know, October. Yeah. Um. Um, what, well, I get, I don't know. I don't know if our guys are going to be there. Western Carolina plays, uh, early next. We well, guys got to find when your bye week is next year. That's, that's what we need to plan. Yeah. I, it, it's gotta be, if it's not early, I'm all out, but if it's early, I'm all in. Uh, but their crowd, man, was electric, uh, the whole night and you could actually feel it. And it was absolutely cold the way it looked and they just stayed engaged, man. And that was that was impressive to sit there and watch. Uh, but, you know, hats off to those guys, man. And uh, they earned it. They, were, they earned the opportunity to uh, to get there. A lot of people didn't think they would be here at the end. No. Uh, no one thought Montana was going to be here at the end of September. I will say twenty over 26,000 people, Coach, sold out stadium in the winter. And, Coach, they forced six false start penalties on North Dakota State this week, this past weekend. Uh, you know what I need Timothy to find out? Uh, I need him to check with the local hospital and see if anybody was admitted for frostbite or something like that. Because I saw some people with no winter gear on, and I'm like, I don't know what the moonshine like in Montana. You know what was crazy? I, I don't know what the weather is. I don't know if they still have it up. Um, I know Brendan's in here and some other guys from, like, South Dakota State. They were telling me the other day that this past weekend wasn't even cold. By whose standard? <laughs> oh, our standard. It's absolutely cold. But they were telling me it's not that bad. Um, uh, let me, I, I don't have the what they don't. Of course, they don't have the weather report still up for ESPN. I was just trying to see if they did, but I want to say it was in the twenties, and they were like, "Nah, man, it really ain't that bad." Eat a whole bunch of chili, you'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was it was sub thirty apparently. Um, okay, yeah, my, my guy Brendan, he said it was gorgeous. It was a long sleeve t shirt weather. I saw that. That's why I like. I, we got to check the hospital reports because I'm sure they had plenty of people, man, admitted with frostbite because I saw people with no jackets, no gloves, short sleeve t shirts. I'm like, man, I don't know what the moonshine like up there, but it cannot be that good. Uh, uh D Dave said they uh. Let's see. Dave said that uh, at the at the Montana game, it was about forty. I guess normal temp, and he was like, "Bro, it was hot." That was before the sun went down. Yeah, yeah. Before, uh, yeah, kickoff, it was probably about forty. But yeah, I, I don't know about that, man. Yeah, uh, Brendan said he had to take off his hoodie because he was sweating. Uh, <laughs> I'm good. Let's coach. That they were laughing at me because, uh, well, me my, shout out to my guy Dustin, man, the, uh, one of my guys over at um, FCS Fans Nation. Me and him went up to that uh, Montana State game in September. He was wearing like a pullover, and I brought my hoodie. I wore a hoodie to that game in September in South Dakota because it was like 60, 50. Oh uh, yeah, that's a different cold. I'm with you. Yeah, like so yeah. So I I wore a hoodie, like if I remember right. So I, I'm good on all that. But coach. Let's get to the HBCU National Champions, man. Florida A&M defeats Howard 30-26, an amazing game. First Celebration Bowl win in school history. And, Coach, did you know this? Going even back to the Heritage Bowl, the first postseason bowl win 
in school history, too, for the Rattlers, man. They overcame an early, what, 14 nothing deficit, 16-10 deficit at halftime to, to come back and win this game. Coach, your thoughts on the Celebration Bowl in Atlanta this weekend? Congratulations to them. Um, you know, watching bits and pieces, I'm texting you back and forth, trying to put it together. And uh, you go back and you look at the numbers, and you're like, this game wasn't even this close. Um, if you take away the, the turnovers – uh, that fam had uh, the pick six, uh, you know, just the the fumble. It, it shouldn't have been this close, but you know, Howard played 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 extremely well. Uh, they did their part, uh, but I think the better team won this game. Uh, and it, I, and I'm gonna let you hit your point to uh, that we were talking about during halftime. But you know, fam, I I, I don't want to say they tried to give it away, but they tried they to give it. They tried to give it away. And Howard just didn't uh, – they didn't have enough to take it. But, uh, again, hats off to fam, man. Congratulations to the SWAC. Way to do it. Uh, y'all on the clock now. Mm. God, man. I got so many thoughts on this one because I went back and watched the game again, Coach. Because watching it live, you know how it is. You're so caught up in the action you miss little things. I always recommend people go back and rewatch the game or at least watch, you know, the highlights or whatever to get a better sense. They Howard had nothing offensively unless fam you gave them good field position. Short field, it, turnover. It, it, it was the turnovers. It was that what the fumble. It was the good kickoff return early that set them up. I want to say both touch like that 14 nothing lead was set up on the other side of the 50. And even the second half touchdown, because of that return, it set it set up Howard again. So Howard got nothing. Without family giving, like pretty much giving it to them, and the offense only scored what three points yep. off of and, full drives. And fam had uh, a couple of timely, untimely, if however you want to put it, uh, 15 yarders to help out, um, here and there. And you know, again, when you're playing for championships, man, you got to be able to, and this is coming from a receiver coach, you got to be able to run the ball. And neither team was really effective with that. But, you know, for Howard to not be able to throw the ball, you got to get something on the ground consistent. And Fam just cut that off. Uh, again, your guy up front, the gentleman, uh, is a beast. And when he wasn't making it, uh, if you really watch ball, he's got two people attached to him, allowing other people to run free and, you know, getting that push. And I think they got the quarterback happy a little bit early because uh, he was never settled in. Uh, back there for Howard, never settled in. And I just think, you know, at the end of the day, Fam was the better team. And when they had to exert that, they did that. You know, I think – I know everyone's looking at, like, the Musa turnaround because Musa really struggled in the first half. And I think Howard did a good job of generating pressure early. I just don't think Howard had the depth up front, Coach. I was kind of looking at guys they were rotating. They didn't They didn't have enough guys they trusted to rotate in. I just think they wore out. I think that, that listen, fam's got a big offensive line. They do. They got a lot of size. They wore on them throughout the game. And they just didn't have enough to get pressure at the end. And if you give Musa time, he can make the throws. And I will say, I went back and watched that pick six wasn't on him. No. Um, it was the tight end, right? The tight end was the point. The point guy, yeah. I don't know if he didn't know the play or he just, you know, just had that moment where he got lost, but you've got to make that block, man. You, you've at least got to take the charge. You at least got to take he, the charge. I don't think he touched him. 
if I remember right, I don't think he touched him. No, that's what I'm saying. Either he forgot to play or he just had that moment where he was just, you know, a couple seconds behind the snap. But you've got to make that play. If nothing else, I can say, like I tell my guys, just take the charge. If, if you don't want to be physical with it, just take the charge. Because if he runs you all, he's going to fall on top. It's over. You know, we got the block anyway. But you can't just let him have a free run, uh, pick six, and it makes everybody look crazy. Uh, shout out to Coach Simmons, man, on what was your favorite play, uh, the flea oh flicker. <laughs> that that was such a gutsy call. Man, look here. That, well, especially that, that, at, at that point of the game. Yeah, that could have been real, 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 real bad. Real I, bad. I almost did <laughs> Uh, it did because because if I'm not mistaken, didn't Musa bobble it? Uh, he had to reach back and, and one handed. It's almost like yeah, he like, overran it. The snap just wasn't there. I mean, he almost dropped it, but I mean, for them to hit on that play was just was just amazing. I mean, I love that. I love the call now. It's one of those calls, those coach, where if it doesn't work, fam, you fans are ready to fire everybody. Oh, that day. Yeah, because you you got to hit on that. Um. I I'll say this, guys. I know a lot of people. I see I see the questions in the chat, Coach. We talked about like well. I know you we didn't talk about it, but I, we would have. Howard had to run the ball to win the game. Twenty eight carries. Ian Wheeler got one carry. Jared Hunter nine. Ethan James twelve. Twenty eight total carries for the game. Did you feel like they abandoned the run too soon? I do, and I felt like at that point. Uh, they didn't, to me, at that, when you're in that situation and you have a bell cow like, like Casey, you've got to be, you, you've got to find ways to get him involved uh, if you're not going to be dominant in the run game without it. you got to find a way to get him in the ball, you know, in the ball game, whether it be the quick pass game, uh, jet sweeps, revert, whatever. you you got to be able to get your bell cow in the game and you abandon the run. Uh, well, they got behind the chains, you know, a few times yep. where they couldn't do it. But, you know, when you just completely go away from it, I just think at that point you got to get your bell car in the game. And to go 14 to 27 for 105 yards, uh, that's not going to get it. That's not going to get it. You know, you got to give credit to both front sevens because I'll, I'll say this. I think both teams lost their confidence in their ability to run the football. Yeah, but uh, you know, I I see what you're but saying. More so, Howard. More yeah, so, Howard. I don't think Fam has ever just said, you know what? Other than other than that Jackson game when they made Jackson like it, when they made Jackson like that run game. Other than that, they've never just really been, you know, we got a 200 pound plus back that we're going to pound you with. They just that's never been their mo. Uh, well, that wasn't their mo all season except for that game when they made Jackson take it. But other than that. You know, I think for for them, uh, Howard, yeah, they they got away from it, you know, too quick. Especially when you got that lead. To me, when you got that lead, now now is when we're going to establish that. Not saying you just go cold and just completely run it, but I think that's where you establish it because you're playing with a what fourteen point lead at one point, something like that, and you and you get the ball back. And I think that series they went three and out with two passes. Nah, man, run it. Run clock, run it, see what you get. They were up 14 to nothing and lost the time of possession. Can't do it. 
Not a championship not, game, man. No, you have to win the Tom possession up 14 nothing. I mean, that's that's insane, especially even after that safety. What it was 16 to 7 at that point. And I mean, if they come back and score on that drop, it's a, it's over. Really, I'm mean, 23 to 7 would have been a crazy comeback. It puts a lot of pressure on family. I'm not gonna say it's probably completely over, but it would have been a lot harder mentally. Oh, yeah, yeah. The psyche, because it would have been like, oh, here we go, the MEAC. Here we go. You know, that's what it would have been. Um I don't know if you were going to get to this about this game, but to me, I saw where people were saying, okay, now can we stop talking about the month layoff for the NEAC being, uh, you know, a positive situation? I, I still think that is a, a positive for the NEAC. Uh, but I don't know, and I guess I question how good was Howard's offense to begin with? You know, that that's the only thing I question. Not the time off. Someone was saying now it worked against them. They were rusty. No, you weren't saying that was 14 nothing. You know, uh, how good were they during the season? I think is the, you know, the breakdowns that you have to go back and look at. And I think just, you know, it, kept, it caught up to them. Uh, they had to get out of their element. <clears throat> it, it, that argument is so aggravating. Uh, it's just, it, like, can we drop it? Like, obviously, it's a small advantage, but just because a team has a, has one advantage doesn't mean it always comes out to be that. impact the game completely. Like, yes, it helps, and but at the same time, I think the more talented team won the game. Yeah, ain't no doubt. That's what that's what it came down to. I, I and I put this in the preview. Y'all can go read it on the website. They were more athletic. They had more talent, and it was just not a great matchup for Howard. And the better team won, and the better team didn't play well early, which is why they, you know, got the score run up on them in the first quarter. But they were still the better team, position by position, down the roster. I, I give Willie credit for this because I, 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 we're working on getting Willie on the show, and I really want to ask him because we know he's the play caller. What he saw that Howard was doing, where he was having so much success on the wheel route. I want to know what he saw because that clicks at some point because they ran it twice. I and think it worked. When they were cover three. Um, and, you know, in, in cover three, that corner's got to be really disciplined to be to trust that that guy in the middle is going to catch that post and not run with it. Because when he runs with it, there's nobody over there. Um, no. And then the flat guy's going to let the wheel go because he's expecting the corner to be behind him. So if he don't get a hand on him, or if he's late getting out there, uh, there's nobody over there, you know. So I, we'll have to ask coach, but it had to be something to do with the coverage, whether they were getting a lot of man-to-man or they were getting cover three in that situation uh, on those certain downs. And uh, I just kind of went to it, and it, it became one of those things that actually worked for them. You know, I, yeah, I need to go back and look at what covers they ran on both those plays because I, I do know coming into the game, they did they, they usually trust their boundary corners in man-to-man situations yep. a lot. But I I want to say they were in zone that play because it didn't look like man-to-man just off the top of my head. I have to go back and double-check that. But Musa bounced back. Man, and, and Coach, you know this. It's college kids. To For him to get – because there was a time where you could tell on the sideline he was frustrated. Very, very frustrated, especially in the second half. For him to for Willie and that coaching staff to get him calmed down, to get him refocused, to go out there and make the plays he did three fourth quarter touchdown passes. You got that's that's 
heck of a coaching job right there. Because you know, coach, it can get, it can spiral for a kid real fast. Oh, and and, and then the mental thing starts to happen. Um, he starts to think back, and then everybody around him starts to think back, and you know the the faces and the body language just change. And the next thing you know, you're in trouble. Uh, but yeah, they they got him right back to where he needed to be. Got him a couple easy throws, and uh, you know he was able to make it happen from that point on. But you're right that that could have been a turning point that went uh, left really really quick. I'm trying to see. I I don't think. Um... Let's see. I'm trying to I'm trying to find the like exact pressure statistics because coach, I'm telling you, Dunn Jr. made some money this past weekend. I mean, he was all over that Donkwa and that offensive line. I mean, they didn't know what to do with him. Oh, I mean, like it, at all. It was a I, uh it, it was a it was a skilled kids game to me, so to speak. Um, with the big guys just holding up just a little bit. Um, and like you said, when you go down the roster, I just think Fam had better skill kids. Uh, not that Howard was horrible, but I just think Fam had better skill kids uh, in certain points, and, and, you, and Willie utilized them. Coach Simmons utilized them uh, to the best of their abilities. Coming into the game, Coach, Demetrius uh, Weatherspoon and Aneem Dockford were kind of like the guys to watch, and especially Aneem. I mean, top HBCU draft prospect, all the measurables. Coach, they came out with their worst grading out performances of their careers. I mean, Weatherspoon had a 40 pass block grade, and Dankwa had a 24.2. <laughs> that ain't good. And and you, I think you could tell. And I understand, Dun, Coach. I want to get into the psyche of a coach for you because you saw. Because if you go back and watch, Dun, Isaiah Major had to grab Anthony Dunn and take him to the sideline for for yelling at the ref. I mean, he was screaming. He is holding me. He is. I mean, and he was. He. I mean, he was just holding Dunn all game long. And it got to the point where Dunn got frustrated and was jumping up and down, screaming at the ref. Coach, how do you handle a guy's emotions when you know he has an argument, but the ref just ain't calling it that day? You got to get him back focused, and it's got to be one of those deals where let me handle that. You just go play. Continue to do what you do. Let me handle the guys with the whistles, and we'll go from there. But we've got to keep – you've got to keep it all on the table because the moment it comes off the table and I lose you, um, no one wins. We're worse off. You don't need to play anymore. So we've got to keep it all on the table. Let me handle that. You just continue to do what you do, and we'll go from there. Uh, you know, so we just preach control what you can control, and the other stuff, you know, we'll, we'll deal with that. And that's in between the lines. We'll handle the other stuff. And I know why he was frustrated, too, because there were some times where I, I, I think Dankwa was getting upset and blocking a little bit after the whistle. And listen, I play I, – listen, I know as an offensive lineman, we do it a lot. We oh, do it, it was chip. Yeah. It was <clears throat> old school O-line tactic. We're going to hit you. You hear the whistle, and you know it's going to last about two seconds. I'm going to hit you at 2.1. Right when that echo starts going off, and that way if you respond, it's on you. As a coach once said, play to the echo of the whistle. The yeah. Echo of the whistle. 
And, and you know, I talked to uh, Scotty about this before the game because we were talking about the matchup between Dankwa and Dunn. And all season long, I said the biggest criticism I have about Dankwa's game because he has the NFL size. I think he's pretty good at run blocking. But pass blocking, you get this with guys out of high school, Coach, and you know this watching film as a, as a high school recruiter. If, you, if you're that big, you get accustomed to letting people come to you because you know if you can get their hands on – if you get their hands on them, they aren't going to be able to beat you. I, I, I said the same thing about Quay Davis and in, in in, in the, the Jackson. He's so big that that was something I saw on film, and he's kind of matured and got better at it throughout his freshman year. But that's what Danquad tried to do with Dunn. Dunn was just so fast and so agile that it made Donquan move his feet, and he wasn't ready. He is like he's. I think he's playing a little bit too heavy, and I've heard that from a few scouts. He's got to work on his flexibility and and just getting that weight down just a little bit so he can move off the edge. Because when you get speed guys like that who also have some strength, man, you could just tell it gives them problems. It, it gives them problems. I think it was a huge thing for the defensive line to have that type of performance. And then two, when you got a guy like Gentle Hunt. And coach, this was another thing that popped off film. Those linebackers for FAMU are so athletic. If you aren't getting to the second level and they're coming untouched and be able to roam sideline to sideline, you're I'm sorry, your running backs might be athletic, but they're just as athletic. Isaiah Major is just as fast as a running back. And they're clean. Um, and what I mean by clean is that they don't have to worry about any trash, they don't have to worry about anybody coming off a of double team, getting up to the next level on them. Because uh, they know those that that one and that three is going to eat that up. Uh, to kind of go back to what you were saying, the other thing that he's got to do um, in his game is he's got to get his head out of there. Uh, you know, getting your head out of there keeps you off your toes. And a lot of times when he started to get impatient, he started to get up on his toes, reaching for the grab, uh, get get his head out of there. And like you said, flexibility, be able to sit back a little bit and play from here instead of from here. Uh, and they say it's holding every play, but there was a couple of times where he literally had him out like this and there was no call. And, you know, at that point, I know I would have came, you know, come glued as a coach. So I can only imagine how that was for him. But, you know, as a player, he's just got to keep it on the table. And when you talk about linebacker play, it's no longer linebackers that can play from A to B. It's guys that can play from A to the sideline, and all those guys that Fam had can play from A to the sideline in a matter of of steps. Yeah, it, and like you said, I, I want to end this by saying congrats to Willie Simmons because I don't know there was a great picture. I don't remember who took it. I got to find it. Where you saw him, he just dropped to his knee, and it just in the midst of all the chaos, man. You just you see him; he's covering his face, like you know. Like, because coach, I mean, you've been in that moment as well, but for three years now, they've been the team that's been like one play away. Because even yep. go back to the last year in the MEAC, they won it and just weren't eligible. Yep. So I just couldn't imagine the emotions that he felt. And then that hug with Musa, man, as well, that kind of got documented. I mean, you could just tell for both of them because Musa's heard it all. Coach, you remember the Valley game? It's we had Rattler fans in the chat ready to move. Yeah, it's been a long year for both of them. Um, you know, and at that moment, man, when that thing hits zero and the confetti's coming down, um, you know, it's 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 hard to hold all that in because you instantly go back down memory lane and and boom and get right back to this point. So to think about all that they had come through 
I'm sure in that moment was just uh, absolutely, uh, you know, overwhelming. And, you know, again, I've got to, I've got to do something with the cigars. I saw fam kids biting the tip off the cigars, man. And I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, we're going to have cigars. Whoever brings them, you got to bring the cutter. You can't have people biting the tips of cigars. You know, these aren't your granddad's cigars anymore. You know, that kind of thing, man. But, you know, hats off to those guys. I don't know if you can smoke in the uh, Mercedes Benz Dome, but they were. And uh, I was happy for them, man. Yeah, we're, we're not stitching on anybody. Um, so no numbers called <laughs> in or anything like that. But uh, um, they definitely were. It was It's documented. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And, uh, it, yeah, um, yeah, but that's what we were talking about. We were talking about the holding on done, man. I, I, listen, yeah. I, it, it was it bad. was one point, man, where, I mean, his jersey is literally, like, off. And I'm like, we got two guys back here. And, you know, we've talked about it before. We've talked about it with the head of officials. If we're, if we're not calling it, then we're not calling it. But we can't call it sometimes. We can't call it on third and 10 and we hit an 80 yard pass and then we throw it. We can't call it that either. Uh, if we're not going to call the obvious, then we can't call the ticky tack hole. And it's got to go, it's got to go both ways. And, uh, you know, I think it's a problem in the NFL college, you know, we've, we've got to get more consistent and be a little bit better about it. That's all. I'm yeah. Saying. Uh, I, I, I definitely agree, man. And, and shout out to uh, Miss Veronica, man. Um, I know. Talk about uh, shout out to Light on Sports, man. I want to. I forgot what it um, yeah, exactly yeah. it was. It was. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm trying to pull it up. I don't want to get it uh, get it wrong. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Light on, man. Uh, apparently named me a Light on CFP National FCS Journalist of the Year, man. Shout out to Light on, man. I appreciate you uh, so much, man. It was cool waking up to that and um, everyone reaching out, congratulate me, man. So shout out to all y'all. Listen, man, that doesn't come without. All y'all in the chat, all y'all supporting on the website channel. That doesn't come without Coach and Timothy, man, being my right hand guys, supporting <laughs> Scotty, um, all, all my guys. So, man, I appreciate y'all. And hey, next year, um, I, I need my guy, Coach Fred, to get the wide receiver coach of the year from Light On, and then my, hopefully my guy Timothy can make it back to back for FCS Football Central. Man, he's doing a hell of a job as well. But I definitely appreciate y'all, man. It's, it's it's wild to see it, um, because I even had players reach out, and I was like, man, didn't even think y'all were paying attention, but. Hey, that's the goal, Coach, because we talk about it all the time. A lot of these FCS guys feel like they don't get the same coverage as some of the Power 5 guys. Oh, yeah, no doubt. We're, we're changing that. We're no slowly, doubt. slowly changing it. Because, listen, man, we want to make sure these guys at the FCS level, we're, if we got to be the ESPN of the FCS, I'm good with that. And no me, Coach Timothy, and, and whoever else comes on the team later on, that, that's going to be the goal, man. We're, we're going to be – the, the starters of these FCS guys deserve just as much credit coverage as any of any of the F FBS guys. And, and so do the coaches, man. So the coaches. Fact. So the coaches. You know, we're in these same recruiting streets. So I'm gonna get on my, you know, my soapbox, as you said, uh, you know, the top top receiver. I'm I'm also in that top recruiter, you know, and, and I'll I'll throw my logo out there with the best of them. Uh so you know, at our level. It's frowned upon a lot of times when we walk in schools, but we still have to do it. Uh, and especially in this day and age of the, uh, the Wild Wild West transport portal and, you know, all this stuff, man. And we still have to hit the streets, man. So anybody that's doing it at this level, uh, you know, again, you're my foe, but you're my brother. And uh, hats off to y'all. But, you know, we on this recruiting trail, too. 
that's a fact, man. And I, I got to say, man, two, two, two of my guys are the two best recruiters in the SWAC, and it's not even close. My guy, Coach Fred, my guy, Coach Anderson over at Valley, man. Two best recruiters in the SWAC, and, and, and it's not even a debate. It, I, I'll give Coach O some shout-out, too, man. That's my, that's my guy, too. So I got I to gotta put him in the top three. But, um, Come on, Coach, real quick, man, let, let's talk about, like, Grambling announced that hire today. Officially hiring Mickey Joseph as the next head football coach. I it was expected. I, I think me and you talked last week. He was building a staff. He was gonna end up somewhere. And I think Grambling's a perfect location for him. I know there was some confusion. I know there were some ports that he wasn't happy that he had to keep certain guys on the staff. Apparently they worked that out. But coach, your initial takeaways to Mickey Joseph coming back to the swag, man. I know he was uh, a coach at Alcorn and Grambling back in the day, man. Went up to P5, but now he's back. How do you feel about it? Man, good for them. Um, you know, good for him. Uh, you know, it picks the uh, the excitement right back up. Even though I thought it was still there with uh, with the former coach, um, you know, it picks it right back up. And what better time, man, as you're starting to wrap up one recruiting season into a next another. Um, but I want to publicly say that I was really hoping for Coach Reed. Uh, no, no slack to Coach Joseph, but I was really hoping for Coach Reed because I had. I call myself media now and my sources told me that. So now I don't feel like I'm media anymore because my sources aren't credible. So, so I got to go back and get me some new sources, man. I'll, I'll say this. Um, cause Pete, cause people always get mad. I, I want to preface this cause not a lot of people talk about this cause sources and pe people hate that. I'll, I'll be honest. There's a lot of people, especially in the HBCU space that kind of fight against that. Um, when people say it's like, I don't think people understand how fluid a coaching search is. You can have the right information on Monday at 6.06 p.m. Central Time. And by 7.30 tonight, it could change because of a phone conversation. Uh, I'm glad you saved my source right now because I'm going to have to call them after this, after we get off the show and be like, hey, man, oh, woman, you told me the wrong information. What's up? What happened? So, yeah. Uh, there was there was a situation last year where, Coach, I saw the contract of a job that was sent to someone, and it ended up getting ripped up like a day later. <laughs> like, this happens all the time. And, I mean, so I, I think people got to be a little bit patient with that. Listen, when people say sources, expected, stuff like that, take it for what it's worth. As of right now, that's the move, but it could change in 24 hours, and nothing's final till the signature hits the paper. Man, I just, I just, I, I, I hunt for punishment, man. Don't I? I mean, this profession I'm in, this side profession I'm in, it's a, uh, it's a uh, moving target every day. It's a moving target every day. <laughs> it is just, it's just ridiculous, man. But I'm, I'm excited, man. Um, you know, I. Recruiting is something I'm going to be really looking at because, because we know his reputation. When you hear the name Mickey Joseph at the FBS level. Nebraska LSU like he was the lead recruiter on some of those teams and I'm, I want to say he was named the recruiter of the year for 247 back in 2019 or something like that I mean the wide receiver like people forget that he built probably arguably the deepest wide receiving core one of the deepest in college football history at LSU when you got Justin Jefferson Jamar Chase Terrence Marshall I mean, he was an integral part of that team winning the Natty. He has swag experience. I'm just interested to see what his staff's going to look like. Now, we know the rumor. Coach, I'm sure you've heard it. And I'll tell you this. You're talking about sources. 
the guy who told me about building the staff, which was right, told me today that Dooley is going to be the offensive coordinator as of right now. Things just got interesting again. <laughs> that that was that was confirmed today by someone I really really trust as a source who's got me some really good info, including the Mickey Joseph one that I talked about like two weeks ago. That um, Eric Dooley is probably is is going to be announced as offensive coordinator as of tonight. Things now, just got I, I don't know what that means for a Tony Hall or a John Simon, but I'm assuming they're probably going to be on the staff in some capacity. Or at least at least Simon. I think Simon wants to be there. But Tony Hole might be out the door because I, I when I talked to Tony after the spring game, he wants to call his own offense somewhere. Like he thinks he's ready that, for it. Yeah, that was the problem last year, so to speak. Yeah. So I don't know exactly what that means for Tony. Um, I'll I'll reach out to him and see if I can get some information on that, man. That's my guy. But it looks like it's gonna be Mickey Joseph, Eric Dooley, and I don't know. Um I don't know what the D coordinator looks like. That's going to be an important hire because they fired the whole defensive staff. So it's going to be someone new. I'm very interested to see which direction they go with that. And that's why, you know, my source was, I, I felt my source, and, and they probably were, like you said, and then, you know, one conversation, it just went left. But that's why I felt that Coach Reed was the, the, the no-brainer because he's a defensive guy. So you wipe the whole defensive side clean because you know that he's going to bring somebody in that knows what he does and wants to do. Boom. Uh, but to bring in an offensive guy and you keep the whole offensive staff, um, I don't, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what yeah. that looks like. I know a good D coordinator that's looking for a job. Shout out to my guy, Patrick Miller, uh, Campbell, co-defensive coordinator. So maybe you can bring him down to Granville, man. And that's where I wanted to go next. We talked about Joseph. Mike Minter, coach, resigns. Out of nowhere. It's got to be an NFL Power 5 group. It's got to be something like that because you, you don't make that move on, on Monday before the first uh, signing day on Wednesday. You don't make that move. I I, I reached out to someone at Campbell. Mentors kept everyone in the dark on the staff. No one's seen it coming. No, I, I asked what the move might be, and no one knows. And yes. I, I, I think something may come. Now, let's just say this, Coach. Would you be surprised? Let's Because did you hear his statement by no. chance? He said it's been a great learning experience over the 11 years, but 11 years is enough time at one place. I need to move on to get other experiences in coaching. I appreciate Campbell, his support over these years, and I personally want to thank Bob Roller and giving me my start in coaching. Even if he doesn't get an opportunity this year, would you be surprised if he just thought that this was a dead-end job? Yeah, I, I could see that just because – you don't do this on Monday and signing days on Wednesday because you can do this Wednesday night. You can do this Thursday, but to do this now, and I know you've been hosting visits. I know you've been hosting recruits. Um, and then your guys that are around you don't know what's going on. I just think that's, that's, that's the terrible side of the, of this build, this business that uh, we're going to have to do a show on man, the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, when you're talking about the profession that we're in, uh, I, I hate it for those guys 
because, you know, you, you walk into work this morning with a cup of coffee and then, you know, your guy's passing you on the way out the door and you're like, where are you going? He's like, I just quit. Like, what? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, that's why I say it's got to be something. I know you say later, it's got to be something coming, coming now. You don't just I do would that. think so. That's what I would think. I mean, in, in Mr. Campbell, they had three winning seasons. They had a six and five record in 17, 18, and 19, that first transition year to the Big South. Um, but how the, many recruiting classes that they they took home the mythical number three, one? Three straight high school recruiting classes, two straight overall. Yeah, number one. You know, so I'm, I'm kind of like I'm leaning toward what you said. You know, we've done all this and we still can't get to this point. Maybe this is how this bar goes. Maybe that's, you know, his thought process. But, uh, you know, my granddad told me, you know, a couple of things. And, and one of them was like, son, you don't, you don't quit a job without having a job. So I don't think that everybody operates off that same, that same premise, man. I mean, I want rule out. I mean, with, with the way that his staff recruited, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for him to get a recruiting coordinator job at the P5 level. Yeah. They make good money depending on the school. Like, I mean, he probably would. I don't know what his salary was at Campbell. Let me say that. It would not surprise me if he made more as a recruiting coordinator at a P5 school than he was as the head coach at Campbell. We, we just saw a coach go to USC as a linebackers coach making more than he was making at North Dakota State. And he was a good program. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let me ask you, because you look at like as, uh, with every head coaching job, I always ask you because you look at it differently than me, because this is your profession. Where how do you look at the Campbell job? Is that a desirable job or do you think that's one for the like the next up and coming head coach? Or do you think they're going to be able to get an established guy to come in there and, and maybe try to win in the CAA? I think you can get an established guy because it's been proven that you can get kids to come there. Um, they've shown that, as you just read off the recruiting classes, they've shown that uh, you can get kids to come there. Uh, so I think you can get a proven guy, but I also think the pocketbook comes into play with that as well. Um, so I, I'm, I'm thinking they probably right now at this point have got to hold things in place. So, you know, it's got to be somebody on staff that's in play for it. Um, and kind of go from there. I already know it would. It's Mr. Campbell. He said, I would take a pay cut to go to L.A. for North Dakota, too. <laughs> <laughs> this time of year? 30000 Let's go. <laughs> Ain't no doubt. But, you know, um, the Campbell job, it's been proven that you can get kids to come there. Uh, now, you know, the next coach has got to have a mindset that, okay, yeah, A, we can get kids to come here, B, we can coach them up, see we can be competitive enough to get wins and to compete for a title. Uh, so, you know, I think it's got to be one of those situations where it's got to be seen as a uh, desirable job. You know, I've been up there for a game. The facilities are there and the resources are actually there, too. I think that. I don't think it's a bad job. And like, yes, some people are going to transfer out, but I don't think that team's going to be bare of talent. Should be. That team that team won five games in the CAA, which no one thought was going to happen. So I don't think it is. Is it the best job in the world? No, I'm interested where they go. I'm very surprised, though. I would say now um, 
they have one of the best young coaches in the country. Anthony Whedon was there as the offensive coordinator. I was very surprised. Like, why not just give it like if it with this late? It was signing day on Wednesday. Why not promote? You got two two young coordinators. I want to say Whedon was in the uh well, what's the award? Is it the under 35 or 40 award from the AFCA? I think it's under 40. Yeah, I, I want to say Whedon was in that, which has been actually a really good standard for like identifying young coaches in the game. You got two young coordinators. I don't see why you just don't promote them at least for a year, give them a shot, and then you can get a full coaching search in. I think at this point you got to, uh, because you're late. You're late in the game. Uh, not that there's still not good coaches out there that are looking or that would be you know interested in in, in your university. But I think right now you've got to you've got to get somebody uh, boots to the ground right now, uh, because after Wednesday, uh, most universities are going to be shut down uh, no later than Thursday. Uh, so you know you've got to be able to move quick. You got to put all that stuff out so that everybody knows, all the kids uh, know what's happening, and kind of you know rock from there. Man, it, there's so much uh, to to break down here, man. Listen, guys. So we don't have another game to cover till. January 7th, <clears throat> myself, Coach Fred, Timothy, all headed to uh, Frisco for the FCS National Championship, man. My my guy, Fred, is finally media, man. Me and him going to be down the sideline. Um, yes, he'll, be helping, he'll be helping me get content, taking videos, pictures, all that stuff on the sideline. My guy, Timothy, doing his thing, running the social media, running the website from up top, up in the press box, getting some press conference stuff. And we're going to have it all covered, man. We're going to... The plan is moving forward. We're still going to have our shows. Me and Coach will just be. Um, we're, we're going to talk about a whole lot of different things, man. We'll, we'll, announcements will come. We'll have some interviews. We're working on getting Coach Willie Simmons on this week. Um, so stay tuned for that. Go ahead, man. We we got a. I don't I don't know if they heard you, but we are covering the FCS national championship game. You know, SI. I made it, Mama. SI, we're we going to be there, no doubt. But we got to do something during the week, man. We got to get people to come by, man. We got to do a tent, go down to the academy somewhere, buy one of those little blue tents for $10, some chairs, have some people come down and holler at us. Uh, you see it on um, television, but to see all those fans there, man, we got to do something. I'll talk to my guys over at FCS Fan Nation. We might just do like a big live show somewhere. Like we could probably work with like a restaurant or bar somewhere. Just set up, good. yeah. Um, set up. All, I'll, I'll tell you this, coach. All the FCS fan nation guys are ready to see you, man. That like when I told them last night that you were officially coming, they were like, because the the deal with Brendan and all these South Dakota, Minnesota guys is they feel like us Southerners can't hang drinking. So they're like, we're gonna test y'all. He was like, we're gonna find out if y'all y'all are really about that. And I was like, like oh. Like we'll we'll find out. It's, it's just a disrespect to the people from the South. Like we don't know how to party too. Crazy. Hey, crazy to say. If they're not wanting to do that, well, we got to go to an establishment that's going to allow us to uh, hit a couple stogies. If they're not willing to do that, then that tells me that they're not they're not on par with uh, with my game. But I am super excited about this, man. When you told me the opportunity, uh, I was like, man, I I need a graphic. I need to do like these kids, man. I'm declaring that I'm going to to cover the, the national championship game. You know, it's really excited, man. I can't thank you and Timothy enough, man. Oh, no, man. I, I'm, I'm pumped, man. We're going to have so much good content. I'm also um, we're working on getting some interviews with some new head coaches, with um, players, of course. Like, man, we're going to roll up. 
Listen, we you guys know this is one of the only platforms where there's no offseason, man. We roll right into the season, roll right into the offseason. Live streams keep going. Coverage ramps up. I mean, we might have more coverage after the season than during the season sometimes, man. So we're the only spot that covers recruiting as in-depth as we do at the FCS level. I know I'm working on Coach with some ideas for um, him, writing for the website as well, man. So stay tuned for that. But, guys, I got to get out of here, man. I got another show tonight, man. It just never stops. It feels like I, Coach, I was so sick this weekend. I could, I, like, my voice was gone, and here we are. I got shows, like, all day long, man. This is ridiculous. You know what I was doing this weekend? Uh, one day was in the rain, and you know, but you still got to do it, man. And I'm still fighting battles right now. Uh, you know, I know people see me looking down. I, I have my notes, but then I'm also answering texts, uh, you know, from kids and parents. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's, it's nonstop, bro. And, you know, to say that we are going to be out there in Frisco to cover this, uh, I am self-proclaimed the only active FCS coach in media right now. That's a big deal for me. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to keep it rolling, bro. We're going to keep it rolling. Man, I, I, I love it. And uh, D-Lot, man, it's not, it's not a live show, man. I'm, I'm, I got an on three show I got to produce for them, man. So I'll be in the background for that one. It ain't no big deal. But, man, guys, make sure to follow Coach on social media, myself on social media. Hit the like button. Watch the replay on YouTube, all podcast streaming platforms for audio. SI.com backslash college backslash FCS for all, all of the um, – FCS content moving forward, coaching changes, recruiting. We got transfer portal trackers, and we got it all on the website. Coaching change tracker, all that. Stay tuned tomorrow. May or may not be a show tomorrow. For uh, So we'll let you all know. But for my guy, Coach Fred, for myself, for the Blue Bloods, FCS Football Central, man, we are out for right now. Mm.